Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Go and make disciples, Jesus said. How are we to do that, Jesus? By baptizing and teaching them all he has commanded. If you really want to make things simple, if you really want to get down to the nitty-gritty of what it means to be and to do church, those are the marching orders. That's what we're given to do. It's nice to have a church that checks all the boxes of our personal preferences. That's really nice when it does happen. But at the end of the day, the real work that Jesus gave to us stands. Make disciples by baptizing and teaching. We are to bring the Word of God through water, through proclamation, and through catechesis. That's teaching. And as we do these things, God works through us, bringing His kingdom, bringing His rule and reign through Christ into our communities. We like simple. We like turning things into slogans and Catchphrases that are sticky, it keeps it memorable for us. Okay, Jesus, make disciples, baptize and teach. Got it. And so our version of that statement here at Fortress is that we are a community sharing in God's strength and comfort. We're sharing refuge in God, a.k.a. making disciples by baptizing and teaching. Question is, Is this disciple-making process easy? Is making disciples easy? (laughs) It is not easy. It's, It's not easy for you and I to bear witness in the world. It's not easy. Do you find it a breeze to talk about Jesus in your workplace? Or at the gym? Or at the places that you socialize? Is it easy to bring up Jesus? It's like you throw a glass of ice water on the conversation already. Hey friend, I want to talk to you about Jesus. No, it's not easy. It's not easy, right? It's easy for us to write out all of our grand plans for making disciples on a napkin. It's easy for us to think about it in our heads and for us to workshop these spiritual conversations in our heads when we're driving around in our car. But when it comes down to brass tacks, when it comes down to actually having these conversations and bearing witness for Christ, we find that it is a grind. It is an absolute grind. Think about the temperature of our culture, especially in a post-Roe v. Wade world. Do you think a lot of people out there want to hear about Jesus right now? From a Christian? Given this mission from Jesus, we have to know that we, what we're up against, my friends, what we're up against is either outright rejection or sheer apathy. And I don't know which one is worse. Would you rather talk to someone who absolutely hates Jesus or would you rather talk to someone who just does not care? Church attendance and membership is declining in our country no matter which way you slice it, no matter which denominational lines you're looking into. No one's growing. And you know what? There's no silver bullet program out there that's going to get everyone back in church. But Jesus' orders remain in effect. 
they stand. Now, consider the orders that are given to the 72 in our gospel lesson today. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus sends out these men two by two into every town that Jesus was to visit. And they were to go before him proclaiming the reign and rule of God in Christ in these towns through the word of the gospel. And Jesus gave them this pep talk of sorts, kind of like the commission that he's given to the church today. And as these men were leaving from Jesus' pep talk, I can just imagine what their conversations were like. You can just imagine them talking amongst themselves. They're saying things like, wait, he wants us to to go as lambs in the midst of wolves? He wants us to not even worry about basic necessities? Just carry the shirt on our back and the sandals on our feet? He wants us to eat whatever disgusting thing is put in front of us in a stranger's home? My wife did mission work in China for a while, and they have different ideas there of what constitutes a delicacy. And I won't gross you out, but she lived this experience. She had to receive what they put in front of her. Goat fat, yeah, stuff like that, chicken feet. So this is what the 72 were given to do. And they had no assurances of being liked. They had no assurances of being popular. They would, re- they would face rejection and scorn at every turn, but Jesus gave them some protocol for such situations. He's, he said if they were rejected, they were to say this. They were to say, even the dust of your, f- of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. The only assurance that these men were given was that they would be able to heal the sick and they would be able to proclaim the reign of God in Christ wherever they went and the Lord Jesus would provide for them somehow. And where the peace of Christ was given through their words, Jesus' peace rested upon that house. And where the peace of Christ was rejected, There would be woe and there would be judgment pronounced against them by Jesus. He said it would be more bearable on the day of judgment for Sodom than for that town. So Jesus gave them some real authority to speak on his behalf such that anyone who rejected their words were rejecting Jesus. They were up against some long odds. You can follow the plot of the early Christian church. You can follow this plot all the way through Scripture. Go through the book of Acts. That upstart church faced long odds then too. Come to think of it, this has always been the case. The odds have always been long. The world has always scoffed at the notion of a God coming to earth to establish His reign by taking on human flesh and dying for our sins only to rise again three days later so that he may bring us into his kingdom. The world has always found that foolish. The sinful world has always considered it passe and out of touch to submit to the authority and the teaching of the crucified and risen Lord. Even so, the 72 returned to Jesus with the results of their journey. The scripture says they returned with joy with joy. 
Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Suddenly, they realized that they wielded some serious authority. They knew that they faced long odds, but they did not expect to see such power in their ministry. And Jesus gives them an attaboy. He gives them a pat on the back. He tells them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions, scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. Translation, as, as he says, as you were bringing the word of the gospel to these towns, Satan and his reign and rule were cast out. And that ministry of the word, the ministry that brings the kingdom of God will continue by my authority and I will provide for your protection. But then Jesus shifts their focus. There's a quick shift in the scripture. I'm reminded of when I was about seven or eight years, years old and, and I was playing in a basketball league. And when you're that young, it's nearly impossible to hit a three-pointer. But I remember one time I hit this three-pointer. It was just a crazy lucky shot. I wasn't good or anything, but I hit this three-pointer and I remember the collective elation that came over my teammates. And that was like, I, I felt like more of a rock star than ever. Like, I still think about that as one of the highlights of my life. And my teammates were so excited. We were high-fiving. I was like the most popular kid. And so then what's the next thing that all the kids started to do? Everyone started to jack up three-pointers, right? Even if they were covered, it didn't matter. Everyone was just jacking them up. And what do you know? Brick, 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 brick. No one was making them. And so the coach had to call timeout. And he brought us in and he said, look, guys, I know we're all excited. I know that Ryan hit a three-pointer, but I need you to keep your eyes on the prize. I need you to play the right way. Play the game the right way. And that's kind of what Jesus does here. He says, yes, you've got authority over the demons. But don't rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. That's where their focus should be. Not on the power and authority over the evil forces, but on the fact that they have been given eternal life, that they've been brought into his kingdom, which has no end. And that was not only true of them, but that was true of every single town and every person that received those who were sent by Jesus, those folks who fed them at their tables and provided for their needs. Their names were written in heaven. Because as they received the words of the witnesses, they received who? Jesus. And as they received Jesus through the word, the kingdom of Satan was cast out and the reign and rule of God was brought to bear. And that's cause for rejoicing, according to Jesus. And that's what's happening here through Fortress. That's what's happening with this church. That's what's happening with our church body. That's what's happening all around the world through all faithful Christians. God is bringing His reign and rule through Christ into this world through those whom he has sent. It's come to you today through the word and you have received it. And because of this faith that our Lord has granted you, 
the Lord Jesus speaks peace to you. Because He has made you His own through His cross and His resurrection. And it's true that we face long odds in bearing witness to Jesus in our world that wants nothing to do with Him. But that's always been the case. Get this. Every time we celebrate a baptism, as we will here in just a few weeks, the kingdom of God, the reign of God, is here. Every time we gather in this place to hear God's word proclaimed, the reign of God is here. Every time we take the Lord's body and blood onto our lips, the reign of God is here. When we gather around God's word in our community groups, in our homes, wherever we're breaking bread around the table, the reign of God is there. I could go on. But what I want you to know is that the Lord Jesus has grabbed a hold of you because he has sent laborers into this harvest so that you would be brought into his kingdom. Key words, those. You have been brought into his kingdom. Purely passive. Not by your own decision, not by your own moral choices, but brought by your Lord through the Holy Spirit who works through his word. Or perhaps here's another way to put it. The kingdom was foisted upon you. The kingdom was brought to you. The kingdom is brought to you. However you look at it, there's a couple of, well, there's actually several ways that this text invites us to respond. But I want you to consider just a couple today. Jesus says at the beginning of our, of our text, he said, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. So you can immediately be involved in supporting the work of the gospel. You already are involved, but you can be even more involved simply by praying. This is a vocation that the Lord Jesus has given to you is to intercede, to pray. We must pray that laborers be sent into the harvest. Because the harvest is what? Plentiful. It's abundant. The Lord himself has already prepared it. So he raises up and sends in laborers. Put it on your prayer board at home. Petition the Lord that he would send pastors and church workers, that they would be raised up, that they would be provided with the means to receive the training that they need to put their hands to the plow. Here's a really practical thing that I got a hold of this past week. I don't want to bum you out at this point in the sermon, okay? That's not my intention. I'm not going to bum you out. But the demand for pastors in the LCMS in our church body is staggering. There was a recent blog post at the seminary in St. Louis that said this. It said, last year, get this, last year, 148 congregations of the LCMS, 148 called its two seminaries for a shepherd to be sent to them. More than 30% did not receive one. And this trend is worsening. In 2020, it was 23%, and in 2019, 18%. More and more congregations are left without a shepherd because fewer and fewer men are taking up this eternally crucial task. So, how to sort through all that. What we're seeing in our church body is that the current rate of retirement among LCMS pastors far outpaces the rate 
at which men are going into the pastoral ministry. Meaning far too many of our congregations are looking for solutions to their pastoral vacancies. The same can be applied to not just pastors, but church workers, uh, deaconesses, school teachers, parish musicians. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Something to consider. But I told you I wasn't going to bum you out and leave you with that. Here's the second way I want you to respond. I would invite you to respond by celebrating and rejoicing. Why? Rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Because this word of the gospel has come to you and it is brought to you every week through the means of grace. We rejoice not so much in the success of, of our ministry here at Fortress. Whatever measurement or whatever tangible measurement you want to use to, to define success, that's not what we rejoice in. We rejoice because the reign and rule of God through Christ is here in our midst. And as you pray for laborers in the harvest, and as you rejoice in the salvation that He has brought you through the ministry of the Word, He will continue to change you. He will continue to transform your heart, to open your eyes, that you would see those opportunities in your world to bear witness to Him. So that more names, more names might be written in heaven. He will use you as an instrument of his grace and his mercy and his peace. Because Christ is alive in you. Christ is alive in you and you will go on boasting in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherever it is that he has placed you. So as we bring the word of Christ to our communities, as we do that, as we try to be faithful to Jesus' marching orders, we face long odds. But that's always been the case. Whose ministry is it? Is it our ministry? It belongs to Jesus. And he'll see to its success. And he'll bring us along for the ride. Amen? And the peace of Christ, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.